It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, welcome to our latest podcast. I'm Chloe and it's great to have you out there listening. I hope uh, the podcast is continuing to bring you some inspiration, some ideas, and even maybe some reassurance that what you're doing in your business is the right thing. Today, I've got some interesting stuff to share with you. Interesting stuff. This is a fairly new section still of the show, and it's where I bring you anything particularly interesting I found out about recently in the e-commerce world, um, or anything particularly useful, really. This might be an event, a white paper, a new supplier, or just something really cool and useful I think you should know about. You can find all the interesting stuff we cover, organised by episode at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash stuff. And there might not be interesting stuff in every episode, we're just going to see how it goes. Well, today I've got two pieces of interesting stuff for you. Now, uh, a little apology for this one, but I think you're going to find it worthwhile. Um, I know I said this is a COVID-19 free zone, but I just had to let you know about Clavio's COVID-19 pulse check. Not because they're a sponsor of the show, but because I believe what they're doing is going to help so many of you navigate these uncharted waters. Clavio are currently compiling a survey every day, that's every single day, uh, to check the pulse of the industry during the pandemic. If you're contributing, you'll get access to the results, which is sure to be very useful. So please take part because the more retailers who submit each day, the better quality data you're going to get back to help you make your decisions. A new survey goes live daily. To find it, just go to the Clavio homepage and scroll until the survey link pop-up opens. It seems to appear bottom right of the screen quite quickly. Click on that and just fill in the data. Simple as that. The second piece of interesting stuff, well, I'm doing a webinar with Magento. Yes, in late April, I'm going to be speaking on a webinar hosted by Magento. I'll be sharing tips and advice in a session called Improve Your Customer Journey, The Best Ways to Improve Sales at Each Stage. We all know it's easy to focus on just one element of the customer journey, but to maximise the performance of your business, it's crucial to improve performance at every stage of the customer journey. And that's just what I'm going to be telling you about on the webinar. You can find all the details of it and how to register via the link on ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash stuff. In today's episode, we are talking about PR and how to get friendly with journalists to get those inbound links and that long-term evergreen content. We are talking about building a remote team. We are talking about steadily building your business, uh, bootstrapping or organic growth, if you like. We are talking about D2C and selling direct to consumers together with balancing that with wholesale. We're talking about uh, attending trade shows and increasing your wholesale base. We are also talking about taking the time to get your products spot on before you try and go big. I think you're going to enjoy it. But before we get into it, please do check out the sponsors. 
This podcast is sponsored by Klaviyo, the most recommended growth marketing platform on the market. Klaviyo helps more than 28,000 e-commerce brands globally to grow their businesses through high-value customer relationships. From a shopper's first impression to each subsequent purchase, Klaviyo understands every interaction, empowering brands to create more personalised marketing moments. When you have a 360-degree view of the customer, the growth possibilities are endless. And the results speak for themselves. Klaviyo customers have made more than £2.8 billion in revenue through Klaviyo in the last year alone. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. That includes being able to schedule package pickups and track shipments from departure to arrival. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes. And now to introduce today's special guest. Dhruvin Patel is an optometrist and founder of OcuShield. It's a screen protector designed and developed to protect your eyes, sleep and device screens. They were founded in 2015 and now process over 2,000 orders a month. Since 2015, they've sold over 100,000 products direct to consumers, as well as through wholesale to retailers such as Selfridges and Urban Outfitters. They've also worked with the Wales international rugby team and West Ham United Football Club to improve player game day performance. Hello, Drewin. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm really well. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm excited to. Um, well, I'm a bit bit of a rugby fan myself, so uh, so I was in the intro. I was struggling to not just say Wales. They've worked with <laughs> Wales because that's how I think of them. It's quite a mouthful to actually say the full team's name. But um, but no, I'm excited to find out how how your product is helping people and how you're leveraging that to grow the business too. But before we kind of get into all of that, how did you get started in e-commerce? Yeah, sure. So a really good question. Um, so my back, my background in kind of the years 2013 to 15, um, I was studying optometry at university. Um, at the time, I was doing some research on how something known as harmful blue light affects the eye's physiology and circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. And I came across a research which was pointing to, you know, screens are affecting our eyes, um, causing headaches, eye strain, and also affecting the way we sleep. And I quickly realized at that point, Screens were only getting bigger and brighter, and I wanted to create a product which which I could use for myself, you know, selfishly to protect mm-hmm. my eyes from blue light. But was at the time when I was working in opticians, there was actually coating for people that wore glasses, you know, prescription glasses. And my kind of journey began from there was developing a specification formulation for this product um, and getting this product manufactured. And my first point of call to start generating some orders was to to put up a website i believe it was a, a wix website at the time so i did oh, it wow. myself yeah really old school <laughs> I, yeah. believe I believe it's still going um but yeah i created a website and i started accepting pre-orders um kind of in 2014 
And from there, I think, I believe I got 500 pre-orders before I even ordered any stock. Wow. So that, that's where the e-commerce journey started for me. Very cool. And what we should just, let's just um, clarify that because we've had people on, on the show before talking about blue light and, and vaguely medical things. And I know some of the listeners get quite angsty if we don't clarify uh, the legal medical side of things. Sure. So what we should say is that you are medically approved, aren't you? The OcuShield is a medically rated uh, product. That's correct. Yeah. So, you know, we're a healthcare company in, in you know, what we do. So, um, we, there's a, you know, similar to the FDA in USA, in the UK, there's a, there's an organization called MHRA, which is a medicines and healthcare regulatory agency. So we're the only screen sets in the world, which actually a class one medical device. And what that means is our products do what they say, and they're also safe for the market. Very cool. Thank you for that. So you're in the UK, are you selling globally or just to the UK? Yeah. So last year we, we shipped products to over 65 countries. Um, our biggest markets are the UK and the USA. Cool. And uh, what platform are you using these days? I'm, I'm, I think you said it's not Wix anymore. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. So we use WordPress with WooCommerce. Cool. And given you're on WordPress and the WooCommerce plugin, you must have a couple of other platform uh, plugins even that you like. Yeah, definitely. So I think um, what's really helped um, WordPress and WooCommerce for us is is a platform called Meteoric. And, um, you know, if anyone's on WordPress, they know the reporting on WordPress isn't that great. Um, Meteoric is a system which allows us to see reporting of orders, customer data, demographics, um, variations. It just it just compiles data in such a way that you can actually get some key insights for it and drive revenue and growth. Um, so Meteoric is a great platform for any WordPress um, business owner. Nice. It's not one I've heard of before. How are you spelling it? So it's M-E-T-O-R-I-K. Oh, I was one letter out. <laughs> but I'm sure the listeners were also going, how do you spell that? Maybe uh, I'm pronouncing it wrong. Meteorite? It might be Meteorite. <laughs> I would say Meteoric. I had a C at the end, not a K. So, you know, I'd say we're pretty close on that. Yeah. But yeah, cool. So Meteoric with a K at the end for all your uh, all your WordPress stats. Excellent. And then how many of you are there in the team now? Yeah, good question. So I think um, to give some context onto this is uh, when, when I started the business, I was at university. Um, and as an optometry student, you also have to qualify after university. So I did two years with Specsavers and Boots Opticians um, while I was still growing the business while working part-time. So I've always had to find a way to grow the business with staff, you know, where I'm not able to actually look after them or manage them. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a we have a team of um, six core staff members, which are all a remote team. Um, three, we have another three, which are part time. And our team is based across the globe um, from USA to Europe. Um, one of our team is actually a digital nomad, so she moves around quite a bit, so I can never know where she is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we have some in India. Um, and then, you know, for e-commerce business, we we outsource things to, you know, for a third-party logistics center who deal with all of our orders and shipping to B2B as well. Um, and we also use a, a pay-per-click agency um, to support our online endeavors. Very nice. And um, I said one of them is a digital nomad. She could be anywhere in the world. There are people who can't I can't cope with the idea of people not being within their line of sight. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just going, whoa, how do you do that? No, um, 
So for, and I know that, well, let's just talk about that whole remote team thing. I, I'm guessing because you were having to work as an automatist, it kind of happened by accident for you. But have you found, have you got any tips or tricks for anyone who's thinking of going down that road to help them make it work? Because there are certain ways of making it work, aren't there? hundred percent. I think, you know, I'm a big advocate when it comes to remote working and outsourcing. I think especially when, you know, you're in a city like London for myself, I think with there's lots of money pouring into London through venture capitalists and it's kind of boosting the salaries of any good talent. And I think as any lean business that's growing, you want access to good talent, but you don't want to pay that yearly salary that they may be on um, because obviously overheads can shrink any business. Um, so there's there's great talent out there in other cities in the UK, you know, Leeds, Manchester, or even Europe and abroad. And I think looking at contractors who can um, who can work on your business for any key set skill, you know, you can work with them for certain hours a week. And what happens is you can actually see if they're any good. And that, that's quite a key thing. You know, whenever you're hiring someone, it's sometimes hard to find, you know, full time if they're good until they actually get stuck in. But with contractors, you can find out immediately. And what happens then is you can scale them up to work full-time into the business. And, you know, remote and agile work and growing, I think, in big corporations as well as startups, I I feel like, you know, we're going to be seeing a lot more of this and a lot of people that are currently in full-time work are going to be moving to a more of a remote working, you know, part-time working to fit around their schedule. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's certainly a, a big kind of global trend that it's possible to capitalise on now, isn't it? The people who are willing to not have the London or the New York salary in order to have a better quality of life, but who are still high quality talent. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, it's also the people that are doing this, you know, it's also easier to hold people accountable for what they're doing. You know, when we're when we're having weekly catch-ups with our team members, it's really easy to dive into what needs to be looked at and what needs to be done. Um, and, you know, you don't get much of the office politics when you're, when you're sitting within, you know, four walls. You know, you actually, it's focused work. People know what they have to do and we're all driving for, towards the same purpose and mission, you know, for us, which is to save as many eyes as possible. And, uh, you know, whenever we're, we're touching base, it's, it's always focus orientated um, and, and we, know, we have our goals in sight. Very cool. Now, you mentioned earlier that you started off by setting up that Wix site and you got 500 pre-orders to it. And that's, that's as I know that, you know, you really have focused on the organic growth and the bootstrapping side of growing your business. And the, the 500 orders pre-order kind of really speaks to that for me because it shows that you're, you weren't about the growth and the glory. You're about creating a business that will sustainably grow over the over the years. Would you say that's, that kind of fits with your philosophy? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, you know, for me, it's always been about creating the best product possible for consumers. And I think up until, you know, maybe actually just January this year, we've actually finalized our core offering, which is our screen filter products for smartphone, tablets and monitors, which we've now... Um, made best as possible. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've looked at the whole customer journey. For example, our screen protectors for smartphones, we've created a unique applicator which allows people to put their screen protectors on in a two-step system, um, which means you get less returns, happier customers. Um, You know, we've looked at all of that. And now what's exciting for me is we've got a product which is really ready. We've got proven sales Mm -hmm. and now we're ready to actually grow our marketing endeavors because we have a product that's fully ready for the market. Yeah, it's kind of like a, almost a long R&D stage, isn't it? But with actually making money along the way. 
Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'd like to see, you know, and that, that's great for kind of product reiteration as well. You know, you get the feedback, you work on it and then you make the product better. And then you can, you know, then now we can actually look at huge mass market volumes because especially if you're looking at the offline space or growing globally, you know, you want consumers to be happy um, and you only can do that by having a quality product. You mentioned the offline space there. What made you decide to start wholesaling as well as selling direct? So last year, around Q3, Q4, we started getting inbound inquiries from retailers, actually. So directly from Selfridges, Urban Outfitters in the USA, um, the Conran Shop, which is a boutique set of stores in Europe. Um, and they wanted to sell our products. And, you know, for for a brand which is just focused online, it means you're kind of doing something right. and the pro- the market is also maturing. Your brand resonates with people. I think we saw, well, if they're coming to us, then why aren't we going out to retailers? Um, so, you know, that kind of set up a strategy for us to start looking at the offline piece. And for example, you know, we are quickly on the, on top of that. For example, we uh, we exhibited at CES this year um, in January. And, oh, wow. you know, we had a, we had a sprint towards that to kind of set up meetings for clients to come to visit us there, you know, retailers or distributors across the globe. And, you know, we're now working those into the pipeline so we can start looking at how we can actually look at the offline piece because what we see is it's an omni-channel approach. You know, we know customers find products in retail or they see them online and they want to actually feel them in retail or they want to buy at a different time online. So, you know, this this mix and matches is what the consumer wants and for us to achieve what we want to achieve we feel we need to be in you know all the different touch points for consumers what an amazing um sign that you're doing something right if you've got the buyers from selfridges and urban outfitters and comran coming to you i mean that's that's when you consider how many pitches they must get of products day in day out for them to actually come and chase you down that totally says you're doing something right but what i wanted to ask you about was you said, you know, this mix and match approach, it, it kind of, I was getting the, the vibes that it doesn't really matter where the customer buys it so long as they buy it. I guess that your your freedom and your acceptance of that as a way to go, as, as a route to growth comes back to that mission to save as many eyes as possible. So it's not about growing your e-commerce business, it's about saving as many eyes as possible. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I when I was, um, you know, growing the business, I looked at what the purpose is behind the business and uh, I had a deep look in and said, you know, what we're doing here is uh, for the consumer's well-being and we want to be able to reach consumers um, all over the globe and we only can do that by the different mediums. I think because we've grown directly, it's important to remember that direct to consumer allows the most margin. So whenever you're growing, Mm -hmm. you can be cash flow positive to then look at offline endeavors or trade shows etc um if you start a business that goes straight into wholesale it's it's very tight margins you get you know some people have terms where if they don't sell the product they send it back and you get paid in 60 days all of this you know is not ideal for a new business Mm -hmm. so you know the direct consumer piece um as well as on amazon is very important when you're starting off to build the cash to build the margin and then you can afford to do the other pieces You've also got the control, haven't you? When it's your own site and it's your own account on Amazon, yeah, you, you're in control of everything. Well, barring um, Amazon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can't, you, you know, it allows you to be in control of as much as possible. I'd like to say, and again, you know, in the Amazon landscape, 
if you can be in control, it serves you so much better because once you start looking at distribution and offline piece, if you start selling to other people, let's say a distributor, you've got to really think about how that distributor is going to interact with your product and how they'll sell it because there's nothing stopping them selling on Amazon. Um, but if you can control your Amazon listing and you're the brand registered, you can you can try to have more of a say in that and you know make sure your prices are not dropping because as you may know and as the listeners may know once you're on amazon if other people start selling your products what they'll do is they'll just start discounting the product and then your price your rrps drop and your brand is finished effectively because no one's going to want to buy a product from you with you know let's say our smartphone products are 24.99 pounds if it drops down to 10 pounds you know your brand is is gone overnight effectively if it sticks out that price and going to CES, I have to ask you about CES. So I'm kind of going to squeeze the question in here. That's a huge show and a huge investment of time and people, money, uh, and setting up the stand and all the rest of it. How difficult a decision was it to decide that was where you needed to go? Right, you know, rather than a tiny show somewhere else, I suppose. Yeah, I think I think that the the piece is kind of aligned for us because at that time we had that realization in the Q3, Q4 segment. We also work with the Department of International Trade in the UK. And mm-hmm. fortunately, they also subsidized some of the costs to go to um, CES. Um, so they gave, gave a bit of the money back, which helps. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we, um, we started working with two sales agents who have previously worked for um, companies such as Morphe and UBS Robotics. And um, they, they, they sold product into key retailers key distribution channels in the consumer electronic space, which we are in, we are in effectively. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, going to a trade show, you, you can't expect a lot from just being there. I think most of the work happens before, which a lot of people yeah. don't realize. And, you know, we secured these agents um, before the trade show, you know, before January, for example, so we could start looking at how we can bring people to the stand before even the trade show opened its doors. And I'd say 70% of our key leads and relationships that were built at CS was the work that was done beforehand and only 30% was all of people walking past or the, the flow. And now as we record this in early February or mid-February, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you're quite busy following up as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of following up going on and, you know, with the whole offline piece, it takes a few months for things to come into place. Um, also, you know, you have to start distributing stock into different areas and, um at the moment, as many suppliers might have, you know, the, the Far East problem of the, the coronavirus is obviously affecting supply chains for us in some of our lines. Um, mm-hmm. So it also causes us to, you know, delay things. Um, but yeah, lots of following up. Oh, there's always more challenges though, aren't there? <laughs> as soon exactly. as you deal with one, along comes another. Yeah. Now, um, something else I want to ask you about, Driven, is you're selling a product which kind of... Nobody really knows. Well, we all hear a lot about blue light, but I think a lot of people would think, well, we just chuck on the blue light filter when I remember and it'll be all right. So are you, as well as trying to tell people, make sure they buy your product when they want something, do you have to spend quite a lot of effort in kind of educating the consumers that they need your product in the first place? So kind of like creating your own market, as it were. Yeah, really good question. I think for us, because we started so early on in the the blue light journey, I think organically, as more research comes out from universities and research bodies, journalists are naturally picking up on the blue light problem. And what's worked out very well for us is because we're effectively a market leader for blue light terms, you know, for example, blue light screen protector or 
um, how to test blue light filters. You know, we're we're appearing on these search um, search results. So for journalists, they're looking for who are the thought leaders in the space, who are the experts. Um, and for us, with our backgrounds in optometry and what we're trying to solve, we're we're fortunate enough to be able to give the correct advice to these journalists and also get them to mention us and to showcase what we're doing. Um, so we, we're fortunate enough to get very nice backlinks. We get great mentions, which um, is kind of our, our PR piece. And we're also really active on that. You know, we, we know that not every journalist is going to, who writes about Blue Light is going to find us. So whenever Blue Light is mentioned, we're also trying to follow up with journalists, whether it be Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, to say, hey, look, we, we know what we're doing in the space. If you, if you want any more information, any more literature, we're happy to share that with you. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. How are the leading D2C brands growing their business? They're using Clavio, the growth marketing platform chosen by over 28,000 global innovative online brands. Clavio believes in supporting growth, which is why they won't tie you into lengthy contracts, hidden setup or support fees, or feature-based pricing. With a platform that is both powerful and easy to use, it's no surprise so many brands have switched to Clavio. Looking for one more compelling reason? Brands switching to Clavio see an average of 62 times ROI on their investment. Ready to learn more? Visit clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. That includes being able to schedule package pickups and track shipments from departure to arrival. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes. It's time for the Top Tips Round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So, Druvin, you ready for the top tips? Let's go. Okay. The, now, I know you listen to the show, so I'm expecting some really good answers here because you know what's coming up. No pressure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no pressure at all. Um, okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So I actually recently picked this up and this has been a really amazing book in looking at how we grow in the future. So it's actually a book called Traction. It's by Gabrielle Weinberg and Justin Mares. And it looks at about 19 different customer acquisition channels and it allows you to quickly test each channel out and realize which one's going to be working for you to then put more investment into it. A properly cool book. I wholeheartedly back you on that recommendation. Um, okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Yeah, so I touched on this earlier. I think um, with any business, whatever you're doing, there should be people talking about the niche or the topic you're, you're um, operating in. I always say set up Google alerts on those keywords and every day, you know, spend half an hour reaching out to 
any journalists who have spoken about the topic, use Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, build the rapport, but just speak speak to them and try to tell them what you're doing. And hopefully that lands that lands a mention and you know that's going to be generating traffic, but also it's long-term evergreen content, which is always going to be on the internet. Because if it's a top-tier publication, they're very unlikely to delete that piece of content. I, I love that as a quite an easy way of doing PR. I know you, know you mentioned it earlier before the top tips, and it's that that idea of actually let's let's try and be helpful to the journalists who are already writing about the subject, rather than just going here's my press release. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a much more a much more effective, but a much more human way of doing it. I think. Yeah, because they're already thinking about it. You know, nine times out of ten, your job's already done because they're interested in the topic. Exactly. So there you go, guys. Go go set up some Google alerts. Um, okay, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool that you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I think listening from the podcast, I've, I've heard all the, the, the normal ones, you know, Slacks, the Trellos, the Sanas. Um, maybe something that people haven't heard of is we actually use a tool called Money Penny. They might be just a UK company, but... Um, what they do effectively, because we are a digital first business, we like to deal with customer service, any inquiries, all online. We realized this was quite naive because consumers like to also communicate with brands and companies in other means, i.e. the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't want to spend, you know, we didn't want to have someone manning the phone, for example, especially if you're a global e-commerce business, you can't have someone 24 hours a day, you know, well, you can, but, you know, it's not it's not ideal. Um, so we use a service called Money Penny, where it's a, a service where they have people waiting on the lines to answer our phone calls and what they do is they pass on the messages to us and the team so that could be order inquiries um, about chasing up an order and what we can do in a timely manner is get back to them via the phone or an email um, and that's really helped us kind of uh, look at our holistic customer service approach. Very cool okay uh, yeah yeah it's often Often, can we avoid phone calls? Is is a big thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Unfortunately, some customers will still want to use them. Yeah. Um, okay. The growth top tip: If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from one hundred orders per month to one thousand, what would be your number one tip for them? Um, speaking from experience, I think I spent a lot of my time the first one and two years shipping out product. I'd say look at how you whatever you're doing a lot of. If, you, if it's not involved in business development or something that requires you, try to look at how to, you know, outsource that or, or bring in some expertise. You know, once we moved to a fulfillment center, I just found that I was able to work on the business a lot more, grow a team, raise investment. Um, you know, you need to be looking at how to free up your time. And it's, do you wish you'd outsourced the pick and pack earlier? I definitely do. I mean, I spent a lot of evenings and late nights after work shipping orders. So yeah, I mean, I don't know why I didn't do it earlier, to be honest. I think it's one of those things which sometimes you don't you don't necessarily realise you can outsource at a very small stage. I mean, like like five years ago, five, ten years ago, if you didn't have volume, it was completely uncost effective to go to a to a third party logistics provider, you know, someone who would pick and pack for you. These days, there are businesses set up which if you're only doing one unit a month, you know, you can still effectively outsource. It's really amazing how that part of the market's come on. It has, um, yeah. It's changed incredibly. And I think um it's something definitely to look at. And, you know, 
I think for, for anyone starting in, in, in the beginning, for a few months, if you can, do it yourself because there's no, no better feeling than shipping out your goods to a customer. Uh, but once <laughs> once that once that wears off, then, yeah, just have that in the back of the mind that looking at fulfillment centers is going to be the next point of call. <laughs> now, I'm going to take, take a rough guess that a lot of listeners listen to this whilst they're picking and packing. So <laughs> hopefully a couple of you have literally stopped mid-parcel fill and gone... Why am I doing this? <laughs> this is no longer fun. Juvin, <laughs> thank you for giving a couple of people that light bulb moment and for, for sharing so much with us today on the show. It's been really cool to hear about it all. But before we say goodbye, can you let them know where to find you and the business online, please? Yeah, sure. So you can find us online at ocushield.com. So that's O-C-U-S-H-I-E-L-D. And our social media handles are Get Occushield. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we also have a, a discount code for any listeners that want any Occushield products via our website. If you enter Master Plan at checkout, you'll get ten percent off. That's very generous of you. Thank you very much. Um, okay, Drewin, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for being a listener too. Um, you shared so much with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. So lots to learn there about kind of more the bootstrapping side of things, growing steadily as you learn and iterate your product, as you learn the marketing, as you build your virtual team. And I think it's it's always really interesting how constraints and restrictions that we've got force us to do things potentially better than we would have done had we had all the time and all the money in the world. So with Druvin having to complete his optometrist training whilst launching the business, that's created a really interesting scenario where he's got these remote working uh, team members and where he's able to adapt quite quickly to take advantage of things. And how cool must that have been to have been getting inbound inquiries for your product from some of the top um, top retailers around the world and the high-end ones too. Very, very cool. So I'm sure you guys learned quite a bit in that that episode. So if you want to get the notes from the show, including the top tips, links, details of related episodes, and uh, confirmation of that discount code, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a link to this show. And Druvin is on the show today because... He's a fan of the show. He's a regular listener and he filled in our application form to be a guest. If you would like to follow in his footsteps and come and join me to record an episode and tell people about your business, then head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast and click on the link to become a guest. It's as easy as that. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.